Welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Okay, today I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, Laura Jaggett. Hey, hello. Hi, Lynn. I'm happy to be here. It's great to have you. Now, just to give the audience a little idea, Laura has quite a background in pickleball is in, and is a senior pro player, which I'll get to more in a minute. But first, Laura, I just wanted to ask you about how you initially got introduced to pickleball. I love this question because the name sort of turned me off and I didn't want to play just because the name is so unusual. But I was living in Bend, Oregon in 2018 and the winter had come and I'm a very active person and I played tennis when I from age six through college. So I went to school on a full scholarship, played division one tennis. So I had that background, even though I once college was over, I never played. But winter was there. I did not know any, I didn't do any winter sports. I don't know how to ski. I uh, I don't know how to do any of that. So I was just sitting there in my house, kind of uh, gaining weight and bored. And I wanted to do something active. So I thought, well, maybe there's some tennis players I can get out and hit with someone. So I called the the one indoor club in Bend, Oregon, and no one called me back. So in my search for other ways to play tennis, I came across pickleball and I just, I saw it. I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a racket and ball sport. I could probably do that, whatever it is. And it's indoors. So I sent an email and someone responded to me right away. And this, these two instructors had a clinic once a week with a group clinic. So I went and it was so much fun. So every week, Throughout the winter for about 45 minutes, I got in line with the other 20 or so members that were there and I just did the drills and I was hooked. And as soon as the outdoor courts opened in May, uh, I was uh, I was there. I was there every day for two hours playing. Well, that's incredible that you started in 2018 and you're already at the senior pro level. Yes, yes. So I think I, I probably went in. I don't know. They you rank yourself at the beginning, you seed yourself. So about a three, five, and I was happy and content to just play social pickleball because I had played competitive tennis and I didn't really enjoy it when I was much younger, that memory sort of carried through and I was having so much fun. I didn't want the pressure of competition to ruin anything about my joy. So I was very, very content to just play social and it was wonderful. I I played throughout the summer in Bend, and then I moved back to Las Vegas, which is where I am now. I found the Pickleball Club in Las Vegas, and I played a little bit, but honestly, through the rest of the year, I was kind of settling in, relanding, so to speak. So I didn't play that much for the end of uh, 2018. I did play one tournament, though. When When I arrived and I went to the social group, everyone said, oh, you're very, very good. I, I met a woman. I played one tournament at 4-0, the Vegas Open. That was my first tournament. And, uh, and uh, we won. So <laughs> that was that was fantastic. I loved it. Well, congratulations. Was that uh, in 2019 that you won? No, your first- that, was, that was in 2018 when I returned to Las Vegas. So that was my first year of pickleball. And I, I did not intend to play anymore. The only reason I played is because someone asked me to. 
And after that, I did not seek out tournaments. I was just, again, very happy just playing social pickleball. Then uh, at the beginning, or maybe it was the end of 2018, I was uh, approached by a man named Mark Swanson, who has since become my mixed doubles partner. But he came up to me and he said, uh, what are your goals for pickleball? Because I want to play nationals at 5-0 and I want to know if you want to partner with me. And I'd like to point out, I've told the story many times, he never introduced himself. <laughs> so I, uh, I thought, okay, I, had, I knew of him and I knew he was a good player and I was very flattered that he thought that I could do well at 5-0 even though I was playing I played one tournament at 4-0. So uh, I now had some motivation and I had a, uh, a good partner and he's actually a tennis player himself. He's actually the tennis teaching pro at one of our clubs. So we started practicing and I found that the excitement of having a good player and really intending to do better uh, just really gave me a boost that I had not had in a long time. So our first tournament we played, I think, was in March together. And we played at the 5-0 level. I jumped in. I went from 4-0. I just jumped into 5-0. It was a local Las Vegas tournament. So, you know, he spoke to the tournament director and she let me in. And we won. So that was fantastic. And then we just continued playing for the rest of that year and got better and better. Well, congratulations again. I can understand some of your reticence about playing in tournaments. I kind of did the same thing myself, getting burned out a little bit when I was young, playing in a lot of very competitive racquetball tournaments. But it's great to hear that you're now at the senior pro level. And I know a lot of my audience might be more beginning type players. What does that mean to be a senior pro? In pickleball, they have tournaments that you can play at the amateur level and you can play uh, at different rankings from, I believe, 2.5 and it goes up, you know, by half a step each time, 3, 3.5, 4, and so on. And then you get to 5.0. That You can still play 5.0 at the amateur level, but then once you get in the fives, there's a wide range of players as opposed to the other divisions where if you're between a four and a 4.5 or, or any, any between point, uh, you have, the group is pretty much at the same level. Once you surpass that, you bump up. But once you get into the fives, there's a really wide range of players that are very, very good. So you can enter the professional level where you can win money if you do well if you get on the podium. You also the entry fee is also uh, quite a bit a bit more. So that's what it means. And so, have you been winning some money already? I won. I I won my first. I won some money for the first time uh, last month. Where are we at? No, it was the Vegas Open again. <laughs> so I got on the podium in uh, senior pro women's doubles. That was my first time on the senior pro podium, and I was so excited to be up there. And then they handed me some money. And that that was uh, just just hilariously fun. So I bet you played some pretty good players in that tournament because that's a real big one, isn't it? Vegas Open is typically big, yes. There's a new uh, organization called uh, Pro Pickleball Association, the PPA. And they are new this year. So they offer a lot of money. There was a tournament that was a month later 
after Vegas Open was called the PPA Championships, and it was the last tournament of the year for PPA. More pros came to that one. So I think this year, because they were so close, but not close enough to stay through the week, uh, it wasn't uh, so heavily weighted in Vegas. But still, there were good players. I mean, players who were on the podium were back at PPA the following month. Well, that, that's great. Now, one of the things I was curious about is it didn't sound like the transition from 4.0 to 5.0 took much on, on your end, or do I have that, that incorrect? Well, I, I kind of skipped over all of 2019. Uh, it, it took a year. So I um, in pickleball, you cannot go into a higher level unless you have some evidence behind you. So you can go in at 3.5. But if you're a you could be a much better player, but if you have no history in pickleball tournaments, they're not going to take your word for it. So you have to start at 3.5, win and then slowly work up. So I won as I said my first tournament I played at 4.0, I won and I think I got ranked at 4.0. In 2019 uh, after I had agreed to play at a high level with Mark. I uh, played, we, we went to the U.S. Open in Florida, which was at the beginning of May. And we played 4.5 because again, and Mark had not played tournaments either. I think we got finished in the top six there at 4.5, which was surprising to us because I think, oh, well, we're going to, to win this. But you, you just, all we knew was what was in our small area of Vegas. When you get out of the country, there's some great players. But I, I happened to play, I thought, as long as I'm in Florida, uh, I'll find a doubles partner. And I wanted to play doubles at 4.5, but they wouldn't let me. The tournament wouldn't let me. So I just went in at uh, 4.0, and I didn't have a partner. So I, was, I found somebody who didn't have a partner either. And her name is Dina Weinbach. And her husband is Dave Weinbach. And for those of you who don't know who's who in the pickleball world, Dave Weinbach, or as he's known, the Badger, is an incredible professional player. He, I, I, he's one of the grandfathers of pickleball. He still wins. He just moved into senior pro, I think, this year. But he was winning at the pro level, which is from 19 to 49. So he was beating all those young people. And, you know, he's just he wins everything at senior pro also. Anyway, I was paired with his wife, Dina, a lovely woman. And we won. We won the U.S. Open at 4.0. That was thrilling. That then moved me into 4.5. Again, I wasn't focused on women's doubles so much, so I didn't really seek anybody out. But uh, a woman named Rosa LeClaire sought me out. As she came up to me, I happened to be playing in Burbank, California, just socially. I was there, so I went to the pickleball courts. She came up to me. She said, I saw you play in I think it was Utah. <laughs> I was at a tournament maybe a month before in Utah. And um, though it was the uh, Mountain West Regionals. She said, I want to I play with you uh, at 4.5 at Nationals. And I thought, oh, I'm not really focused on women's doubles, nor do I want to play 4.5. I really want to play 5.0. But I was still eligible to play 4.5. So I agreed to play with her at Nationals which was about four months away when she approached me. And we made a plan to play a few tournaments ahead of time. And uh, we won all of them. We won 
Fall Brawl in St. George, Utah, which was a huge draw. And that was a tough tournament. We actually lost early on. We had to come back through the back draw. We, you know, won the finals. And then because we were in the back draw, we had to play again. Uh, that was that was crazy. We won that. We won Huntsman. Uh, we had we won something else. And then we won nationals. So I won nationals at 4.5 in women's doubles at the 50 plus 50 to 54 division. That was thrilling. So that was, I had huge success in women's doubles. And so now I have moved into uh, women's doubles pro. And I played Vegas Open with Susan Bays, who is an established uh, pro. She's fantastic. And we took third. And that was just thrilling. And I I had a good showing uh, at the PPA as well. And I was asked by another really well-established pro to maybe play a tournament in the future. So that is coming along nicely. As for Mark, we played... um, I think we finished in the top 16 at nationals. It was a draw of 64 senior pro teams. So we, we did really well. And then he, uh, we didn't get to play much in 2020. So we're starting again, you know, at the beginning of 2021 and hopefully we'll continue to do well. Well, it sounds like you've made a lot of progress in your pickleball career at this point. What, what's your training like, do you mostly play? Do you drill? Describe that a little bit. I I have not officially trained, although in my mind, I think I, I could improve so much more if I did train. I don't have the time. And I think, honestly, I don't really have the desire. I mean, I, I just have flashbacks to training and tennis and drills. And, and it was very, very intense. And again, I still want to keep the joy of pickleball. So I don't do that much training. I do play, I probably play play about three times a week. We have a group of guys, a a group of people who play in the mornings, but it's far away from my house. So I try to play with them at least one time a week. And that is really, really good competition. So I just practice playing in match, match play, which is different than drill. It's a different mentality as well to, uh, to learn how to play under pressure in match play. And then I have a, another group of friends that live closer up and that they may not be as strong as the people on the other end of town, but they are so much fun. So they really keep the joy and they're good competition too. So I really enjoy, I play with them about twice a week and I, I probably not more than three times unless a tournament's coming up because I don't want to burn out. I want to keep that, that joy going. And since you have a tennis background at a very high level it sounds like it was pretty easy to transition for you but what in terms of have you had to change from your tennis background (laughs) well first you have to get used to the the short paddle so when I first started I remember I missed a lot because you know you have muscle memory and I I know where the paddle length is in relation to when I hit the ball. So there were quite a few whiffs. It takes a little bit of adjusting. Also learning the touch, uh, how to, you know, you can't whack it like you do in tennis. And if you do, you have to change the length of your stroke. You have to change the, the spin. And you really, really do have to have the soft game, the dink game, which 
is not natural for me because I, I hit very hard in tennis and I, the tendency of tennis players is to want to do that. And you can do it for a while. Like you can go out and overpower your opponent at the lower levels. But as you get better, you can't do that anymore because if you drive at a high level player, uh, they're going to they're gonna get it back. It's going to come back and it's going to come back with your speed and then some. So you really do have to learn the dink game and to be patient and to set it up so that then either you or your partner, I, I prefer doubles, can uh, slam it down to win the point. And then what would you say is the main difference from going from, I'd say, a 4.0 to a 5.0? Because most people at the 4.0 level, they understand the soft game, third shot drop and dinking. But what else moves you up another level? The main thing is that uh, if you hit a winner or you hit a good dink, you know, moving them off the court, the ball's coming back. <laughs> That's what I'm always surprised at. I, I'll practice, uh, you know, even with the people here, I'll practice for a pro tournament. And I'm like, oh, that's a good shot or this point's over. And when you get into the pro level or even at the 5.0 level, that ball comes back. So you have to be prepared for it to come back, no matter how much you believe you have won the point, be prepared for it to come back. Well, that's that's great advice. I know people always talk about at the higher levels, the rallies are longer, but having that mindset, like you're saying, you know, know that the ball is going to come back and be ready for it. I think that's great advice for everybody looking to improve. Absolutely. That's the main thing. I still get surprised <laughs> even today. I'm like, how did that come back? So what do you do when you're not on the pickleball court? You had said you're actually very busy outside of pickleball. Yes. Uh, I was a chiropractor. I've been a chiropractor for 28 years. And I, you know, in the beginning of my pickleball journey, I was, I was going to work to be a chiropractor. I also have four children who have grown up. I have one still at home. Well, at the time I had two still at home. So I was busy with my kids and my practice. And, you know, I played pickleball every chance I got. Since COVID hit, and my practice got shut down um, and pickleball got shut down. I had a lot of time on my hands and I'm used to being busy. So I started a, a new brand, I call I call it. Um, it is called How to Life and it is geared towards teaching and advising and helping younger or newer adults on how to do basic life skills. I think of my kids and I know the things that they don't know and I have you know, rather than repeat it, I said as a joke once, I have told you how to iron a shirt. I've told you how to load the dishwasher so many times. I'm just going to make a video so that you can watch it and you can reference the video rather than ask me. So this brand called How to Life, I have a YouTube channel where I have short video tutorials that I call Mominars. A Mominar is a seminar given by a mom. That's me. And I show them how to do these basic life skills. So I have about 35 videos of, of random things at this point, because whenever someone asks me a question, I'm like, let me just make a video. And then I put it on my YouTube channel. They're about three to five minutes and it's going very well. I did one video called how to pump gas using your credit or debit card. And I, I think that has over 25,000 views. And it's not just young people. It's people from New Jersey or Canada or immigrants, they, they don't know how to do that here. And so they watch that video and 
I get a lot of great feedback, which I find very validating because I'm a helper and I'm a teacher and that's just sort of my nature. And uh, that's what how to that's that's what I what started how to life. And then I started a podcast because I was once having dinner at somebody's house and I was speaking to this young young woman and she was talking about some problem she had or some concern or some fear and I'm talking it through with her and out of the blue she just stopped and she said you should do a podcast and that planted the seed and I thought okay I have no idea how to do that but I figured it out and I have a podcast now by the same name how to life it's a little bit longer I try to keep my shows around 30 between 30 and 40 minutes and it's more instructional in nature. The first instructional one I have was called Insurance Crash Course. What it is, why you need it, how to get it. And I interviewed an insurance agent who's been one for 25 years. And I just asked all the questions about insurance. And that was that one just gets so many views even now. It's been six months. Not views, listens. Um, and so every week I either do a solo show, I haven't done too many, maybe four in total, but mostly instructional shows on different topics. And it's extremely well received. And I find it really fun. I learn something every time I do a podcast and uh, my audience learns something. I get a lot of good feedback. I get, get ideas. I always ask, what do you want to know? I will make a mominar or I'll do a podcast for you. So a lot of the topics are based on what people request. And then recently somebody requested I read a story. <laughs> they, someone said, your voice is so soothing. Could you read like a, a bedtime story? So once a month I read a bedtime story. I thought that was very amusing. And I kind of did it as a joke the first time, but it was really well well received. And so I've done three so far, three bedtime stories. I like it. It's fun. Oh, that's great. And, and have you had any pickleball players on your podcast? No, not yet. But maybe you can help me out. What what can we talk about? What can we teach this new generation that pickleball can teach us? Maybe oh. we'll just talk about something fun. Like pickleball is a great sport for life. Learn it now and you'll have something that you can do for the rest of your life. And just to finish up with this podcast, what pickleball paddle do you use and why? I use the Onyx uh, Evoke Premier. And prior to that, I was using the Summit, which has a, a long, elongated head. I think I used that one at first because it felt more familiar as far as tennis, or maybe it gave me a little extra length. And that one just kind of broke after a year. But gosh, I got some miles out of that one. So I just started, uh, I think I... I demoed seven or eight different paddles at different brands, and it just felt the best in my my hand. It's uh, I think it's probably about uh, seven point nine ounces. It's a little bit lighter than what I was using before, and I feel I have more control with it. I can I can swing through it, and it, it doesn't fly so much. And as far as the dinks, I have a little more control. Um, and and that's the one I like. It just feels nice and light and controlled and solid. Well, great. I really have enjoyed having you on the podcast today, Laura, so much. Thank you again for joining. Thanks so much for having me, Lynn. This was really fun. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 